Indian Torah is not like reading a book because there's no end to it. There's no end. We can learn on, on one word. You know, uh, I, I was learning this mystical commentary this week going back further on the first word of the Torah, Breshit. And I was like, what? Every, the whole, all six of the 13 commandments are hinted in that one word? And it is. So it goes on and on and on. So now everyone, we have to go and we have to access the things that we will be able to use properly in, in our development. And I think Akhihud is 100% right. And that's what, that's what I, I'm saying. I know when you came in, but that's exactly what we're doing. I'm not alone in this. There are, I have friends that also see this. And we have, you know, you know, other great uh, sages that are feeling this is really the time. And I, and I think, I think an honest person realizes it. I, I said, I, I literally, I get emails every day, people that either want to learn about the seven laws of Noah, people who want to convert, people who want to think about it, question. It's, it's, it's in the air. And the reason why it's in the air is because. I don't know if the Mashiach is coming today or tomorrow, but we everyone knows this is called the ikvus of the Mashiach, the heels of Mashiach. This is, we're getting towards the end. I mean, and, and I don't, this is not hyperbole, this is literal. The, the, the sages tell us the longest the world in this format could go is 6,000 years. That's the longest it could possibly go in this format before Mashiach comes. Now, it's the year 500, 5,780. Do the math. The longest possible we're talking about is 220 years. Now, but you got to subtract how many years would be the times of Mashiach. In the Talmud, it seems the lowest number is 40 years. So according to my mind, it'd be longer. So we're, we're getting there, and everything is lining up, including the chaos of the world. <laughs> because it says before the Mashiach comes, there's so much confusion. People don't know if they're men, if they're women, if they're up, they're down. They don't know anything. They, they have, they have a, they're searching for something, but they, they don't know what they're what they are. So this is the reality of the world, and and I think that that people are sensing it, and therefore, God willing, I, I pray to Hashem that I'll be a good messenger to do this, and we also be a good messenger to do this to be able to to share the light of Torah in a way that will really affect the entire world. It's not, it's really not just us. I mean, could you imagine that? Could you just imagine this? I, I, I think I told you this before. It used, to, it used to be a question that when the Mashiach came and everyone would know, how would that look like? How would it be that, that somebody in some far off place in the world will know the Mashiach came and what's the truth? Now, in our world, the past 20 years, it, it, you could, it's obvious. If it's be one second, it's going to be online. The whole world's going to know it in one second. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine the whole world. Okay, here's the truth. This is what it is. Everyone's going to see it. So this is part of this development. And those who have eyes really see it because it is so clear. Again, I, I, I don't I don't like when people go and make predictions. Mishach coming today, tomorrow. The Talmud says you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. It's wrong. You think you know better. You don't know. We don't know. But I, we do know that everyone, everyone, 
this is, we are in the final lap. How long that lap will take? I don't know. This is the final lap. So, and that's why you see things going on. And that is also why who had said before is correct, why you're seeing the nations of the world waking up. The Jewish people are also waking up. There is a tremendous you know, sense of tshuva, but you have to understand, the, and I don't know if everyone knows, sees this historically, we as a Jewish people, the past 70 years, we have never seen this before. Because if you would go back 150 years from today, every single Jewish person would have been Orthodox, would have been keeping the Torah. Every single one. Why? Because there was nowhere else to go. If you were Spinoza and you didn't want it for whatever reason, you just were gone. You, you just you fell out. There was no such thing. So 99.99999% of the Jewish world for 4,000 years, 3,300, for over 3,000 years are keeping the Torah completely. And then at the end of time, God set it up for various reasons that it opened up this Pandora's box of, of, for lack of a better word, say evil, meaning that confusion, people doing bad things came out in the world and, 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 and people became confused. And that was part of their test. As you're getting to the end, the test gets greater. As you come to the finish line, then things start to heat up. And now there has been, for the, for, since the reform movement in the 1850s, then there was a movement away from Judaism. And then America became a big explosion. The Holocaust, you know, decimated uh, uh, European Jewry. And then all of a sudden, in the night from 1960, came what's called the Balchuba movement. And people, all of a sudden, who had been thrust out into this other world, their kids started coming back. And they're coming back. And that's what's going on right now. And um, so that's happening in the Jewish world also. It's just unfortunate that the people that you hear of in America representing the Jewish people are not representing the Jewish people. That's not right. That's unfortunate. And the people that, that have the most political uh, um, say from the Jewish world are not necessarily, necessarily espousing, generally they're not, the, 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 the views of Torah. This is a corona time. We got to look at the good inside of it that's hidden inside. And you know, I don't know much about, uh, about online stuff. Uh, Rod's been kind enough to, to, to be involved with that. And I have been sort of assembling a group of volunteers and hopefully some now maybe hired people to really to try to get this out. Because we, you know, the internet's got a lot of bad stuff on it. <laughs> and social media has corrupted many, many minds. But now we got to fight fire with fire. Now we got to take the the good that's potentially there and use it for the right purposes. That, by the way, is a very, very deep mystical concept where everything in the world has the potential for good or bad and how you use it. And that's called bringing out the holiness of an item. I have a phone. This could be the greatest thing. This could be the worst thing. Now, it has 
more pitfalls than it has success because most people don't use it properly as most people don't use the internet properly. That's why we're going into dangerous territory. However, that's what we have to do because now we can access 7 billion people. All right, beautiful. All right, let's go into the parish this week and it's actually gonna be connected to what we talked about, so that's good. So this, this starts the new book of Devarim, words, speech. These are the words of Moshe. Moshe is talking. He's, he is an orator. He is there. He says, he says over a whole book. Commentaries explain it was from God. It's true and dictated to. But the commentaries say that Moshe first said it. Then God said, okay, now I'm going to say it back to you to make it my words to dictate it. And, 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 and there are God told him what to write. But originally, it became the words that Moshe started speaking to go and to give rebuke to the Jewish people, to warn them, to, to exhort them, to move them. And it's this great oratory situation that Moshe starts a little bit before his death. This is, this is a month and seven days before he dies. That's it. And the problem is, though, as you all know, Moshe is not the orator. He, he's not the guy speaking online. He doesn't want to do that. He's like, can't do that. He has to have Aaron do that. So what happened here? How did Moshe all of a sudden become the speaker? So much so the book is called the book of words. It's Moshe's words, his speech. And then something else happens in the parasha. It's very strange. Shmuel, you're going to like this one. It says that Moshe translated the Torah into 70 languages. Before. Why did he do that? Why was that so important? So I want to talk a little bit about speech. What's Moshe's speech? What was wrong with his speech? What improved with his speech? And why he then made sure when he gave over the Torah, he says... It's not enough for me to give it over as is. I need to give it over in 70 languages. Why? Let's understand. It's an amazing, amazing teaching. People misunderstand this. When they say, oh, Moshe had a speech impediment, do not understand. Let me explain to you the deeper, deeper concept of this. It says that when the baby's in the mother's womb, it learns the whole Torah. And it knows it all. It's light above its head and it sees the future. And it learns the whole Torah, and it knows it all. And then, when the baby's about to be born, so what happens is an angel hits it on the mouth, the angel that taught it the whole Torah, hits it on the mouth, and it forgets the whole Torah. All right, that's very strange. Why is the angel teaching the whole Torah, and then the person forgets it? What's the point? And what does it mean it hits it on the mouth? And what is the whole purpose of teaching it the whole Torah, and, and then making it forget, and then why hitting it on the mouth? And how is, an, how is a baby learn the whole Torah? How does that work? So let me explain something. Yeah. Like that, Rabbi, like that. Like that. See, a, a, ask her if she knows the whole Torah. She forgot she it. She's listening. She's listening. She's listening. She's, she's remembering it now. Yes. Exactly she what she's doing. She memorized. That's right. So what happens like this? When a person goes and, um, and uh, let's come back a second. You've heard of near-death experiences. Now, okay, some of them are probably not 
authentic, some of them are. But what happens is, is that there's a moment where some people feel that their souls detach from their body. And at that moment, they feel that they can see things that happened in the past. They're not bound by space and time. Is there truth to that experience? The answer is yes. Why? Because the soul is only limited by the body because it became married and trapped in the body. I mean, it's a good marriage. It has a little rough spots. You have to work out the, the relationship with the soul and the body, but they are connected now. Before they're connected, the soul is not limited by time and space. So when the baby is in the mother's womb, the soul is not yet connected and part and married into the body. And that's why it could see what happens in another part of the world. That's why I can know the whole Torah, because it's not limited by the physical constraints that the soul gets when it becomes ensconced in the body. The baby, therefore, beforehand is seeing the whole, the whole thing as the light above its head, the soul, and it's seeing what's happening and it understands everything. When it's time to be born, the baby is made to forget. Why? Very important answer. Because when you learn something that's true, you say, yeah, that makes sense. That's true. I, and I hear that. I understand something. If you didn't know it before, how do you know it's true? Right? Everyone has an experience where they feel something. They say, that's right. That, that just feels right. But if you didn't know it before, how can you know it's true now? And the answer is because you already knew it. You knew it from before. And therefore, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's how you knew it. Okay. Now, what does it mean? The, so that you have to learn it first to re-get it, to reclaim it. Why does it mean that he hits the baby on the mouth? Says the great sage of Maral, says he gives the baby the power of speech. And that makes the baby forget. Why? Because when your soul is out of your body, it's not in that reality. It's separate. When it gets connected, the power of speech is the ability to take the spiritual world and bring it out into the physical world. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm sharing with you my spiritual world of what I'm thinking. I'm bringing the soul thought into the physical world. That's why the Hebrew word davar, the daber, to speak is the same as a davar, a physical thing. Because you're creating a reality. This speech is the bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world. So when the body and soul get connected, the baby gets the power of speech. But that means now the soul is married in the body. It's ensconced, it's entrapped in the body. And therefore he forgets the Torah. Why did Moshe have a problem speaking? Because his soul was so elevated, it really wasn't connected to his body in the normal way. You ever hear the the the, 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 the absent-minded professor? There was a great rabbi, his name was Rabbi Shach, and he was a brilliant sage. He was a leading sage in the, in, in the 80s. He passed away in the 80s, 90s, 80s, I think that's what. And, and, and he was a leading sage. 
And there's a story about him as a young man. He, his wife sent him to go and to buy a watermelon in the store. He had the watermelon around his arm and he walks home and he gets into the house and his wife says, where's the watermelon? That's what I mean. And he looks and he sees he dropped it six blocks ago. How did I, you didn't know she dropped the watermelon? He was thinking about Tori. He was in a different realm. He didn't realize he dropped the watermelon. His mind was in the watermelon. So what happened here is that Moshe's speech was not perfect because he was so spiritually elevated, he wasn't bringing it into the lower physical world. And now after Moshe's greatness of Torah, he elevated his body to be part of his soul. And that's why he's able to speak now. Amazing. Now he could speak. And that's what the Medrash says. It says the word of Torah heal. It healed him. He was now able to speak. Not that his soul went down lower, but his body became elevated and his body was like part of his soul. He was connected. And he was able to bring out the high, high level of Moshe into the word of Torah. Now, of course, before and also, but beforehand it says that God was speaking through him. Here, Moshe already develops the ability on his own, even though this is also commanded directly by God, dictated, but it's a new level of Moshe that he's now able to be the speaker because his body is elevating connected with his soul and the words are coming out. Now, why? So he's now, now giving Torah and he's, he's able to express it. Now, why put into 70 languages? This point, we have to understand this. Everything in the world is based on the idea of one that breaks up into seven. You have white light goes through a prism, and then you have the seven days of the week, you have the seven colors of the spectrum, seven notes, okay? The white light is the Torah, and it contains everything. When we say seven or 7D, which is 70 is the full expression of seven, because it's seven times 10, and 10 is a whole expression, a whole unit. 10 fingers, 10 toes is the full expression. So 70 languages is the 70 nations. And what that means is the Torah in Hebrew is the white light that contains all of the colors of the possible spectrum. That's why there are 70 nations, because everyone has their flavor. Moshe translates this Torah into seven languages that you could have access to the Torah from all the different languages. Amazing. That's exactly what's going on. And that's why it says, and amazing says, why were the Jews exiled? It says they were exiled because they needed to, to go to the different nations and bring in the holy sparks the converts from those nations, as well as the people in those nations who were the representation of that power, of that nation, that light, that quality, is the quality of those people. And the language shows it. I'll show you, for example, look what happens here. Imagine, look at the French. The language of the French people suit the mind of the French people. How do the Germans speak? Right? Very, very boxed. Because the sages tell us the tongue is the pen of the heart. And the language is the expression of this unique way. The 70 nations reflect the nation of Israel. 
And Moshe took it as Ahihud said before, and he translated it to the 70 languages that the expression of Torah can be across the board and experienced by everyone, whatever language they're learning in. That is the power of the speech. And as we tied it from the very beginning, that's the ability to go and to take Torah and to, to express it and to express it in a way that even people not speaking Hebrew can have a hook and a connection because that's their unique flavor. When you add them all together, you get a whole picture. When all the 70 nations of the world are going to unite and say, we come to serve Hashem, then you're going to see it's going to be a lineup. It's going to be an arrangement. It's going to be a whole system. Have the Jewish nation, they'll have the seven nations that parallel the Jewish nation, and they'll all be unified in this service of God. <laughs>